You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. Great to be with everyone again this evening. Everybody's enjoying the comfort break, eh? It's great. I'm loving it. I pulled out a good A for my friend over here that's Canadian as well. So, as, uh, as, as Tyler very, you know, clearly stated, and, he, and even as we, we watched our notices up on the screen, um, last week we were talking about enlarging, and we were talking about being a people that have beautiful feet, which, uh, which just basically means being a people that go to where others are and, and help them and meet them where they're at and, and love on them and care for them. And, and we want to be a, we want to be a church that doesn't just come here on a Sunday and, and that's it, but we want to be a church that comes here on Sunday and then heads out into the streets of Brighton throughout the week where, where, whether that would be in your workplace or whether that be, um, you know, at your university or wherever that might be that you would, you would be, you would have beautiful feet to those that you come into contact with. And so that's essentially what, what we were talking. And, and if you, you know, if you missed last week, there's always the podcast, uh, that you can, that you can look to, to listen to that. We, uh, the scripture was Romans 10. Uh, it was in there last week. So if you, if you know, if you're like, yeah, I want to read that again, that's where it's, that's where it's found. So yeah, we, we want to be a church that is, is, um, not only uh, sending people into our community here in Brighton, but we want to also be a church that is that is going beyond that, where we are a global church, where we're sending people and doing work in other parts of the world. And uh, <clears throat> one of the things we had mentioned last week was our heart is also to be going to Albania in September. And uh, and so that particular trip, I will be going, but there will be a number of us that will be going. And so if that is something that interests you, um, we want to be able to give you information tonight, but even more information as we kind of unpackage what that's going to look like. We know for sure that that's what God has in store for Center Church, and so it's exciting to see what he's going to do. So we want to be a church that is not only locally minded, but also globally minded, that we would be a church that is uh, all in for his kingdom. So, yeah, and so this week, um, we are talking about enabling. That is the heart attribute that we want to to speak to tonight is that we would be an enabling church. Our heart is that you would be equipped and prepared to walk in everything that God has for you. I guess I don't want this to sound warped uh, as I as I as I begin this this talk, but as as I have since I've given my life to Christ, as I have started this journey of following Christ, often I think about the end of my life. Often I think about the end of my life as I am now a follower of Christ. Not because I want to get there in a hurry, because I know God has amazing things in store for my life, but it's because I want to have an end goal in mind so that I, so that I'll accomplish that goal that God's put in my heart. That makes sense? It's like you think about the end so you can take the steps that you need to take to accomplish that goal. When you die, people will say all sorts of things about you, right? That's what happens. And you hope that, you hope that they're gonna be good things, right? Um, someone once said, 
live in such a way so that at your funeral, the preacher doesn't have to lie. Alright? So you can write that one down. Live in such a way that when you die, the preacher doesn't have to lie at your funeral. And uh, I remember when I first heard that, and I thought, oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm going to hang on to that one. I believe each of us, though, wants to finish well. I really believe that. I think in everybody's heart, right from the very beginning, we want to finish well. And, and, and yet I also believe that finishing well requires us to live life on purpose. I don't want the preacher to have to lie at my funeral. And one way that I can accomplish that is by deciding now how, deciding now that I want to live this life on purpose and this is what I want the outcome to look like. And I recognize that things happen in life that we sometimes can't control. But often we're able to go, okay, God, you have a plan and a purpose for me. You have a good destiny for me and I want to align myself to that and that's what I'm going to do. And, and so I want to finish well for the kingdom of God. That's my heart, right? And that's what I desire. That's my desire for everybody else in this room. A few years ago, I, um, qualified to run, um, the Boston Marathon. And, uh, this event in the running world is a, is a really big deal. Um, it's sort of like the marathon that people desire to be a part of. It's, uh, originally, like the first marathon was in 1896. So it's been going on for, a significant amount of years. And so it's, uh, it was something that I did not want to take lightly. Um, I set a goal and I wanted to accomplish this, uh, this goal. I set it and I wanted to accomplish it. And so for each day for about eight months, I lived to fulfill this goal. And, and those friends that kind of came around me in that season, my wife that came around me in that season, my kids that came around me in that season, of accomplishing this goal knew that it truly was my life. Like, obviously, I had other things that I needed to do, but it just, everything revolved around my training schedule. For, for eight months at least, I, I slept right, I ate right, I trained right. I, I, I often would see myself crossing the finish line, uh, maybe with my hands raised, maybe in, in complete exhaustion, but I saw myself finishing this race well. I saw myself crossing that line. And uh, I kept those pictures in my mind all the time because I wanted to finish well. And so everything, like I say, I ate right, I slept right, I just, I trained right. Everything revolved around this race. I had no cheat days. None at all. No cheat days. Um, since I've moved to England, I have lots of cheat days with our snacks and different things that are going on. But when I was training for this marathon, there were no cheat days. I was eating very, very clean. Um, nothing was going to sidetrack me. My schedule was set and I was sticking with it. That was what I decided in my heart. The day that, that the race, um, that I ran the race, it was a, it was a dream come true. I don't know if, if you guys have ever set your heart on something. And uh, it's this goal that you have decided, I, I want this to happen in my life. And, and, you've, and you've done it, and you've worked hard, and you accomplished that goal. And it just, when you did it, there was just such an amazing feeling when you accomplished that goal. It's like all that hard work and dedication in that season paid off when I crossed that finish line. And so I tell you this story because, for, for, I guess for this reason, if I sat on the couch and watched a bunch of races, if I bought all the right gear, right, 
and talked about training, would I have accomplished my goal? No, no, that's right. Pretty, pretty clear. I would not have accomplished my goal. I had to apply myself. I had to apply myself to accomplish this goal. I think that, that sometimes in our Christian journey, we think once we give our lives to God, we can just sit back and hope all works out. I think there's been seasons in my life that I've said, yeah, God, I want to follow you. But I kind of sit back and think, can you just make it happen? But I really believe that that it doesn't actually happen this way. God calls us to apply ourselves. Calls us to apply ourselves. God calls us to submit to a lifelong journey of applying ourselves. Doing our part so we would be equipped to move in all that God has for us. I, Center Church, we want to be able to, to, to move in all that God has for us. But he calls us to be equipped. He calls us to this lifelong journey of applying ourselves to his ways so that we can accomplish his will. Just like I prepared myself to run a race, God calls us to submit to his process for life. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go and make disciples and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. You've probably heard this before, but it didn't, it didn't say make Christians. He said make disciples. And I really believe that there's a difference between those two words. The Center Church, we want to see many come to Christ. That's our heart. Obviously, even last week when we talked about enlarging, that's all about going and declaring God's love, declaring God's faithfulness, declaring God's goodness. That's, that's what it's all about. But this week, it's all about not just going, but we want to continue to obviously think that way, but, but we want to be growing as well. And so we're all about seeing people come to Christ. We're all about seeing people go from, from darkness to light. But but in that in that process of people going from darkness to light, they can't just remain the same. They need to now apply themselves to this whole idea of discipleship. We must be a disciple-making church. We want to make disciples and we need to be disciples. That's what God has called us to and he makes that so clear in that scripture that we just read about going and making disciples. So going, making disciples, but also being disciples ourselves. So what is a disciple? First of all, a disciple is one who imitates Jesus. Ephesians 5 and 1, and it'll be up on the screen, it says, Be imitators of God. Live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. I know lots of Christians, but to be completely honest, it's like they don't all look or act like Christ. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm not trying to, to, you know, be judgmental. But I know that there's a lot that are not living the way Christ called them to live. They're not looking like Christ wants them to look. And I, like, I understand that, that we're all on a journey. But in many cases, I believe some choose to accept Christ. And then that's as far as it goes. That's as far as they want it to go. 
It's like, I'll say the prayer so I'm, I'm good to go, but I'm going to leave it at that. It's not this, this process. It's, they don't apply themselves to discipleship. It's like some want Jesus to be their savior, but they don't want him to be their Lord. And we need him to be our savior and our Lord. And that's what discipleship is all about. He calls us to imitate him. Christ calls us to imitate him and, and, and nothing less. That's, that's his desire for us. Someone once said, we restrict God when we accept him, but choose not to die to self. We restrict him. Personally, that is something I don't want to do, but I want to, to be this vessel that, that is completely died to self so that God can do everything that he wants to do through me. And that's our desire again as Center Church, is that each, every one of us, we would not restrict him, but we would be open to what God wants to do in our lives so that we can make a, make a real difference in our communities. See, God's desire for all of us is to walk in fullness, to walk as Christ walked. But when we decide to simply, uh, to live sim- simply how we want to live, not dying to self, we short-circuit what God has in store for us. See, he calls us to imitate him. He calls us to look like him. He calls us to act like him. But when we, but when, when we decide to not die to self, we short-circuit what God wants to do in and through our lives. It's my opinion that those who have not completely died to self as, as a disciple, they are the ones that often have a problem with God. I know for me, don't, don't get me wrong, I've, I've had some challenging times even in my walk. But when, but when it's, but when I've completely died to self, it's like all of a sudden because I no longer live for me, but I live for Christ. Whatever he calls me to do or the challenges that I have, it's like I'm just willing and open just to go for it because I just trust him. But when we hold on to a little bit of self, it's like then when God asks us to do things or when we're, when we're challenged in different areas, sometimes we begin to maybe blame God or, or point our fingers at God. But when you're completely dead to self and alive in him, you just go for whatever he has. And in a sense, there's no complaints. It's just trusting him, right? Christ gave himself up for us, and now he calls us to do the same. He calls us to surrender all and imitate him, to live how he lived, love how he loved, and to do what he did. That is what God has called us to. That's what a disciple is. We imitate what Christ did. The second thing is uh, a disciple is one who grows continually in Jesus. In 2 Peter 3.18 it says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our aim should be to be further ahead tomorrow than we are today. That should be our aim. And again, we want to, to help you with that. The leadership of the church wants to want to see each and every person in Center Church to be further ahead tomorrow in their walk with God than they are today. We want to be, we want to be growing. And when we're growing, we're able to imitate Christ even more. When I was training for Boston, I wanted to improve my qualifying time that got me into the race by about 10 minutes. And so that was a pretty significant amount of time, um, to sort of make up in, 
in, in that 42 kilometers. And it happened. And, uh, as followers of Christ, we should desire to grow in our walk with Jesus. It was like I had this desire to, to be better. I had this desire that this, there was this one time that I, that I, the time that I qualified for the race was, was good. It was decent. It got me into the race. But then I wanted to do even better. I wanted to grow as I was, as I was training. I wanted to be better than I was, you know, when the eight months began. I wanted to be better at the very end of those eight months. And again, because I was, I, I was able to apply myself to this, I was able to accomplish that. So as followers of Christ, we should desire to grow in our walk with Jesus. I mean, I don't want this to be taken the wrong way where maybe people would think, okay, well, so it's just all about being better and, you know, and kind of taking this upon, on, upon yourself to be a better Christian. It's like we are loved and nothing will change that. And heaven is our home and nothing will change that. But God doesn't want us to, to remain where we're at. When we, when we came to him, he, he has so much more. He desires wholeness for us. He desires every single area in our lives to be made whole, to be, to be complete. That's his desire. And I believe when we apply ourselves to this process of growing, it's like these things begin to take place. This idea where it says, but grow in the grace. Um, grace is all about getting what we don't deserve, right? If we, if we have received what we don't deserve, God wants you to continue to see more and more things that He has for you. I believe that when we, when we continue to grow in the grace of God, He begins to show you more and more things that you don't deserve. And He wants you to take that grace you are growing in, and He wants you to share that with others. In my life, I, I, I love all the times that, that I've, that I've grown in God's grace. Because in those moments that I, I'm, I'm reminded of, of who God is, I'm reminded about God's awesomeness when I'm growing in His grace. Because, because as I grow in His grace, I'm reminded constantly how much I don't deserve what He's doing in my life. And, and I believe that as we grow in, in the grace of God, for each of us, we'll, we'll become more and more aware of what God's doing in our hearts and we'll be like, I don't deserve this. But, but because of his goodness, because he loves me, because he has this plan and purpose for me, he's able to do these amazing things in my life. And so growing in grace is something that we don't deserve. But as we, as we apply ourselves to growing, it's like he begins, he, he just shows us more and more things. Grow in knowledge. The idea of this is not to get smarter. Though, though that's a bonus. If you get smarter as you're reading the word and get a greater understanding of God, that's, that's, that's great. But the idea is not to get smarter. The idea speaks to a greater awareness of who God is. His character. That's, we want to apply ourselves as, by, by growing in His word so that we get to know His character. So that we get to know his ways. So we get to know who he is. Not so that we can just memorize a whole bunch of scriptures and that's a good thing. But it's like if we're not getting to know the author, if we're not getting to know him better, then we're missing the point. It's not about being smarter, but it's about knowing his ways, about knowing his character. It's about knowing who he is. It's about falling more in love with, with the creator of heaven and earth. Smartness only takes you so far in his kingdom. But when he begins to reveal to you his nature, 
who he is, everything changes and your only desire will be for more. It's about getting to know his nature. And as we grow in Christ, we will begin to know his nature more and more. And we'll be able to, when we're out in our communities, when we're doing things, when we're involved in certain areas, more and more we'll just know his nature. And people will see in us this 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 characteristic of God shining through. And they'll be drawn to that. The disciples were not taught to be smarter, but to know his ways at the end of the day. I've discovered that the best way to stifle God in your life is to believe that you have arrived. God wants us to grow. And the moment when we, when we sort of turn off when somebody may get up, maybe here on a Sunday, go, oh, I probably know everything that he's going to say. I've done it. You know, somebody shares a scripture. Oh, yeah. I know where he's going to go with that. The moment we do those things, we, 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 in a sense, stifle what God wants to do in our lives because he constantly wants to, to do things in our hearts. He wants us to continue to be, to be learners, to be disciples, to grow and to imitate him. And so sometimes, you know, in, in church, we have a lot of people that have been sitting in, in these seats for a very long time and, and they've, they, they're the same today as they were 10 years ago, 15 years ago. But God doesn't want that for us. He wants us to continue to be growing, to continue to be learning, to be, to continue to, to know who He is, to know His nature. The third thing you should see, um, in yourself as a disciple is that there's an appropriate maturing taking place. An appropriate maturing. So in, in Hebrews 5, um, it's talking about milk and solid food. And if you, if you were to, to give a baby solid food, it wouldn't work. Right? If you were to give a baby a solid food. You need to start the baby off with milk and then slowly move up from there. Correct? Yeah, most, you know, unless you're, um, not a parent. Maybe you don't know that. But most of you, I think, understand that concept. And if someone, if someone, um, and if I saw someone trying to give a baby solid food, I would think this is strange and not good. Right? You'd think that this is, this is really peculiar. Like, why is that individual giving that six-month-old, like, a steak sandwich? You know, like, that just wouldn't seem normal. Right? Yeah. So, something else I think would be very strange is if I saw, like, an adult drinking milk from a bottle. That would also be very strange. Now, I understand that, yeah, that, that would just be strange. I understand that there's a lot of crazy things going on in Brighton, but I still think if I saw an adult drinking, actually, I remember, really, not sure why I'm telling you this, but there was a time... There was a time in my teenage life there that I probably, I think we were, actually Kyle always says that it was, she think, I grew up in the Northwest Territories in Northern Canada, and so Kyle always looks at certain pictures, and I say I looked really cool, but she always says that was Hay River Cool. In other words, you were way behind in style and fashion because you lived way, way up north, and she might be right in that, but there was a season... That some of us guys, that, and like I say, we were, we were teenagers, and, um, it was a, 
we thought that it was cool to um, suck on soothers. <laughs> suck on dummies. Suck on dummies. Don't ask me why, Anne. But it was something... It must have been something going on with some sort of like rap band or something like that, and we thought we were awesome. Because there was also a time when... When, you know, you know the game baseball, right? Okay, yeah, baseball. Well, you know their, their, the jerseys that they wear, they're kind of buttoned up here. Well, we used to wear those backwards. Because there was this band, Criss Cross. There, they were these little rap dudes, and they sang this, these Criss Cross. And, so there was a lot of, there was a lot of things that, that happened. That, in some ways I'm proud of them, and in other ways I'm not very proud of them. But anyways, if we saw an adult, if I saw David, my friend here, sucking on a, a bottle of milk, I would think that that was very strange. Unless he was in character of something or I don't know what. But, yeah. So anyways, I, I think all of you would also you agree that that would be strange. But the reality, though, is, that, is, is we have many Christians who have been a part of churches for years and are still on elementary teachings. This is kind of what Hebrews is talking about in this particular passage in Hebrews 5. It's talking about many Christians still being on this, these elementary teachings of Christ. And, uh, and they should be further along. Right? They should be, they should be further along. New believers need spiritual milk. Those that first come to Christ need to, to, need to learn these elementary teachings. They need to learn the foundations of the Christian faith. They need to learn these things. But there comes a point that, that this growth needs to take place. That this maturing needs to take place. That they're not just, not just being hearers of the word and, and learning, but they begin to apply the things that they are learning. And, and I think sometimes we can just, again, we're just satisfied to be where we're at instead of taking the things that we've learned and begin to apply them, which is when we begin to apply them, that's this, this maturing, this, it's the appropriate maturing that needs to, that needs to take place in our lives. God is calling us to be mature followers of Christ. And, and it's a process, and we're all at different places. And we all learn differently, and we all understand differently, and God's going to reveal things to us differently. It's, it's a process, it's a journey for all of us. But the, but the reality is that we need to be engaged in that process of not staying where we're at, but, but moving forward in the things that God has for us. And that require, that, that calls for us to be maturing and growing in Him. He has so much in store for us. You know, This is what I, I really believe. If, if, if you are not appropriately maturing in Christ, if you are in the same place you were a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, the enemy has accomplished his goal. He has you right where he wants you. You know, it's like, if you're not, if you're not moving forward, and, 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 and hear my heart on this, I understand there's seasons like I understand there's moments in life where it's just like there's challenges, there's stuff going on, there's, you just, it's like, it just seems virtually impossible to, to get out of bed because whatever is happening is happening. Like, I hope you hear my heart. My, my, my point here is not about, like, there are things that sometimes happen in life and it's a challenge to get through them, right? But then there's times where we just, we just, we basically, we don't, say it in 
we don't speak it out loud, but in our hearts, we've just, we've just kind of come to that place in our hearts where we just go, yeah, I'm good. I'm just going to coast from here on out. Okay? Uh, this is what I'm speaking to. Because if, if that's where you're at, it's like the enemy has you right where he wants you. If you're not moving forward in the kingdom of God, you're, you're slowly moving backwards. That's because God is constantly moving. He's constantly doing things. He's constantly wanting you to grow and experience the things that he has for you. And, uh, and so, I don't want to be in that place where I'm not growing. And I don't want us to be in that place where we're not growing. Um, one pastor said this. His name's Chris Vallotton. He said, I want to be known in hell and famous in heaven. And I want this as well. Not, not because I want to make a name for myself, but because I want to, to be seen as dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. That's, that's, that's my heart. That's the, my heart for, for, for Center Church in Brighton is that, is that we would be seen as dangerous, like dangerous in a good way, dangerous in a good way to the kingdom of darkness. That we would, that we would just, that we would walk in the authority that Christ has given us as he stated in, 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 in Matthew 28 about going into, going to all the world and making disciples. He's, and he's given us the, all authorities in Christ and we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. So we have the authority in Christ to go and, and, uh, and wreak havoc in the kingdom of darkness in Brighton. My desire is that we, we would be a church that imitates Christ well. That we, that we would grow continually and mature appropriately so that in Camptown we would, we would make the kingdom of God known and the kingdom of darkness scared. That's, 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 that's our desire. That's, that's the heart of what we want to be doing. We don't want to just be, we don't want to just stay, stay the same. We don't want to just settle for the status quo, but we want to be going, God, we, we know that you have so much more for us. We know that you have incredible things in store for us. But part of that is, 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 is basically, I guess, applying ourselves to this, this whole idea, this whole scriptural idea of, of growing in him as, uh, and imitating him and, and, and maturing in him. We're on a journey together, and uh, could I encourage you to, to do your part so God can do his part? And uh, I will call you guys up in, this, in just a second, but I was just um, needed to go to one passage here. Sorry. This is the part where, you know, God, God's into transforming lives. And, uh, this whole process, I think, sometimes if, if we try to do it on our own, if we try to just make this happen, to be incredible imitators of, of Christ, it's like, I believe that, that we won't be able to do it. We need the transforming power of Jesus Christ in our lives. In Second Second uh, Corinthians um, three eighteen, no, it's not that one. Tyler, what's the scripture? Um, Second Corinthians three three seventeen. Thank you. Three seventeen. 
Now, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And so it's, it's, it's Christ, it's the, the Holy Spirit that comes and transforms us so that we would be able to do the things that he's called us to do. You know, so many times I try to, I, I want to imitate Jesus, but I know that I need the Holy Spirit to, to make that happen. So many times as I, as I want to grow in my walk with him and, and understand the word, it's like, if I, if I read the word without the spirit of God flowing through me, it just becomes words. It's just, it becomes empty. But with the Holy Spirit transforming me and, and bringing, a, uh, and, and I guess in, enlightening me to, bringing enlightenment to, to the word, it's like I'm, I begin to grow in him in a greater way. When I, when I, um, when I want to grow in maturity, it's like I want to, I want the Holy Spirit to be the one that comes and does that work in and through me. And so, Dave, if you could come up with, with Tyler and your team. You know, this, this autumn, we've been talking a little bit about, we want to be, we want, um, we want to help you guys grow to mature to be the disciples that Christ has called you to be. And in September, we'll, we'll, we have some more information regarding this, uh, as we continue to journey together. But Tyler and, and maybe a little bit of myself are going to be teaching uh, a discipleship course. And discipleship really is not a course. It is, it's a lifelong journey that we're to go on. But there are times in our, in our lives that we need to apply ourselves for a season and to, to learn and grow and, and just really dig deep into the word. And so we're going to be doing that. And so we want you to stay tuned for some of these things. The other areas where we continue to grow and we can continue to mature is to be joining together on Sundays like this, being a part of life groups that are happening, just getting connected and, and saying, I want to grow. I want to be, I want to be a disciple of Christ. You know, the disciples, they, they, they didn't grow on their own. Though, though we want to encourage you to read your word. We want to encourage you to pray on your own. We want to encourage you to do these things. But one of the ways that the, the, the disciples really grew and became everything that they were was they did it in community. They learned from each other. They grew together. They encouraged each other. They, they, they were there for each other. When they, when they failed, they were there to pick each other up. When they, they had victories, they were there to rejoice with each other. That's, that's how the disciples lived, and that's what Christ calls us to, is to be that community that are, are together, where we're growing, where we're learning, where we're, we're doing everything that God's called us to do. So God's in, in, God is, God's into transforming lives. And as I st- stated earlier, it's like, Let's not remain where we're at, but let's go and, and do what God's called us to do. Let's, let's decide in our hearts that this is where we want to be. On our, on our last breath, we want to say that there wasn't anything that, there's no regrets, that there was, there's nothing that I didn't do, but I, but I was totally just walking in the plans and the purposes that God had for me. That's, that's my desire. That's my desire for you guys as well. Let's stand this evening.
you know, we're going to sing an ending song. But as, as I've shared with you tonight, you know, like I said, I've been in that place where, where I know I haven't been growing, where I've in a sense relied on what God was doing yesterday, where, where I've, where I haven't been appropriately maturing, but I've just stayed in a certain place. And if that's you this evening, if even if you, you know, you're, you're like, I don't know if I'm imitating Christ well. Um, I don't even know if, if I'm really applying myself to this, this whole idea of discipleship. This is just a time not to, to point any fingers, but for you just to, to just sort of close your eyes or reflect and go, God, where am I at? Where are things at with you, with me? Do I need to step up my game in one of these areas? And if there is an area where I need to step it up, I need to, to rethink some things, would you come, Holy Spirit, and do that work in me? Because I can't do it on my own. So, Holy Spirit, I just I ask that you've, you've been present this whole service, this whole time with us. And I just ask that even now, that you would just speak to hearts. God, this isn't a time to, to in a sense, beat, each, beat ourselves up. But this is a time just to go, God, we want to walk in the fullness that you have for us. And so whatever that looks like tonight, Father, that you would just, you would, you would begin to remind people of, of the things that, that you're maybe speaking them to, uh, speaking to them about. So as we sing this song, take this time to reflect in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people, in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news, or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.